By April, our forces were landing on Okinawa, and there were heavy losses. Harry McIntosh had arranged to spend some time on a hospital ship with our wounded men. Harry was a great source of comfort to hurting, scared men a long way from home. A few days later, Virginia Benson answered the phone when Bill Williams said he needed to come out to see David about buying a butcher hog, and he would be out in a few minutes. David was plowing in a field near the house, so Virginia left the baby of Grandma, Anna, and walked to the field to tell David. Coming up to the end of the field, David slowed the tractor to a stop and said, Oh, so you decided you wanted to learn how to drive the tractor today. Dad, sorry to interrupt you, but Bill Williams just called. He has to come out to look at a butcher hog. He's on his way right now. With fear in her voice, David Benson realized Virginia knew exactly what this call was about from the conversation he'd had with her a few weeks before. Okay, I'm coming. Shutting the tractor off, David and Virginia walked to the house a short distance away. David had just changed out of his farming clothes when Bill drove into the farmyard. David and Anna walked out to see him, knowing that someone, was going to receive a painful message in a few moments. Bill, where are we headed to? David, I want you and Anna both to come. Second thought, drive your car. There's a telegram from the War Department. Breaking down with grief, Bill caught his emotions and then said, We have to go see Clara. David had a blank look, and Anna started to weep. Mary and Virginia both looked out the kitchen window, and seeing Anna's reaction, they both ran out of the house to help her. Mary, someone will have to watch the school children. Mother, what are you saying? Mary, the telegram is from the War Department, and breaking into uncontrolled sobs, David continued for her with great emotion in his voice. It is addressed to Clara. Taking charge of the situation, Mary said, All right, I will go sit in on the classroom and see that the children get sent home. Let's go. Virginia said she would gather things up to meet Clara and the children at their farm home. After driving to the country schoolhouse, David and Anna walked in. Clara looked up from her desk, and David said he needed to visit with Clara. Mary walked in and said she would watch the class for her. Going outside, the sky was overcast and gloomy. Clara seen Bill Williams, who handed her the folded telegram, and said, Clara, I'm so sorry. With hands that were shaking, Clara started to open the message and burst into tears. Wednesday, April 11, Mrs. Clara McIntosh. Regret to inform you, your husband, Captain Harry McIntosh, on Monday, 9, April, was wounded in action offshore of Okinawa. 
You will be advised as reports of conditions are received. The Adjutant General Hugging Clara, David said, Now, Clara, this is only telling us that Harry was wounded. We have to hope that he will get better. By this time, little David had run out of the school and wanted to know what was happening and why his mama was crying. Getting on her knees beside David, she said, Honey, you remember in Daddy's last letter how he told about helping the wounded soldiers on the hospital ship? Apparently, one of those kamikaze planes hit his ship. Daddy's been hurt. We don't know how badly, but the War Department wanted us to know. We need to go to town and tell Oscar and Mary the news. Cousin Mary will dismiss the school, and we will go now. Starting to pray, Clara said, Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for Harry right now that you will protect him and help him to heal. Please bring him back safely to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The rest of the day, family and friends reached out to show their love and support to Clara and the children. Somewhere in the South Pacific, the general that promoted Harry to captain heard about the hospital ship being hit. When he learned that Harry had been wounded, he decided to learn everything he could and send Harry's wife more detailed information. After learning the details, the general sent a long telegram. Mrs. McIntosh, I personally looked into your husband Harry McIntosh's situation. He was wounded when the kamikaze plane hit the hospital ship. He is recovering very well and is expected to make a complete recovery. I want you to get this news firsthand of his situation. With kindest regards, General Thompson, United States Army. When this telegram arrived the next day, Bill Williams felt he could make this delivery himself. The news brought great relief to the family and prayers of thanks were given to the Lord for his great love and help. While Harry was recovering in late April in the Pacific, Oscar Benson was helping his men fight another type of battle in the war. The American Army unit that Oscar was part of had arrived at the western side of the Elbe River in Germany. They were less than 100 miles from Berlin, where Adolf Hitler was living in a hole like a trapped rat. Oscar's army was ordered to wait on the west side of the Elbe River and allow the Russian army from the east to meet them there. One day, Oscar started to hear the men whistling loud wolf whistles, the kind that lustful men whistle at women. I wonder what those guys are doing, he thought to himself. Walking up to where his friends were, he soon found out. On the other side of the Elbe River, there were many German women on the edge of the river. Not only that, they were shouting for the Americans to come get them, and some of the women were taking all of their clothes off. Oscar saw more than he wanted to see, and he turned around to leave. One of his men said, Hey, aren't you going to help those girls out? You know why they're doing that, don't you? Not exactly. Come on, James, just think about it. Who is coming from the east 
towards those women. The Russian army. That's right. And what did the German army do to the Russians when they invaded Russia? You know those Germans violated the Russian women. What do you think those Russians are going to do to those poor women across the river? That's why they want you to go get them. Benson, who would ever know if you got one of them girls? James, I would know. I have a family that I love and a God that I love even more. There's no way I plan to be immoral. Now, I feel sorry for those women, and if they could be rescued and not taken advantage of, that is fine. But I will not be involved in any immorality, and you shouldn't either. Oscar, what do you know about this anyway? James, my uncle was in the last war, and he wrote me a letter a while back about something I didn't know. He was married like me when he went to battle. After a long time on the line, he foolishly went to Paris and saw a French prostitute. He said that was the dumbest thing he ever did. It about ruined his marriage. But he found the Lord, and eventually my aunt came to Christ too. Uncle Walter wrote me, Don't do something you will regret for the rest of your life. So James, that's what I know about this, and my advice to you is don't do something you will regret for the rest of your life. A few days later, when James, the friend of Oscar, did find a way to get across the river, the Russian soldiers were there by then. James was showing the Russian soldiers his U.S. rifle and visiting the best he could. Finally, James and his friends decided they needed to head back where Oscar was at on the west side. The group had just started to row the boat in the water when a Russian soldier came up on a horse and started to yell at them. The Russian officer pointed a machine gun right at James and the others in the boat. James could not understand a word he said to them, but they understood from what they saw that if they didn't want to die, they'd better stay on the west side of the river. James later told Oscar that was the scariest moment of the whole war for him, even more than being in the Battle of the Bulge. Returning to the west side, James told Oscar, I wished I'd listened to you more. For an Iowa farm boy that wants to be an undertaker, you sure make a lot of sense. Eventually, Clara received a letter from Harry explaining what had happened when the hospital ship was hit. April 28, 1945. Dear Clara and family, I finally got a chance to write today. I'm all right and am getting better every day. Soon I'll be out of the hospital. Let me tell you what happened. After the battle started on Okinawa, there were many casualties, and I was trying to encourage the wounded men on the hospital ship. One day, while working on my rounds, I was on the top deck. The battle was raging on the island nearby. Suddenly, somebody beside me yelled, Look out! The next thing I knew, I was in pain and bleeding pretty bad. Our safe hospital ship had just been hit by a Japanese kamikaze plane. With the love of our great God and the knowledge that my family loves me too, I've been able to recover from my wounds. I'm told that I will make a complete recovery. With all my love, Harry. It was the love of our great God 
and people who loved the Lord that helped us through this terrible war. In the coming months, life was about to get better in many wonderful ways. Welcome back to the Secret of a Successful Life Series podcast. In the last episode, we closed with the McIntosh family being concerned that Harry might be in very real danger while serving on a hospital ship. In this chapter, we will notice an unexpected event that will shake their faith in this matter. Thank you for listening to this podcast today. This chapter will bring the war situations to a close and a new section of the book will now focus on the post-war years. The next chapter is titled, Kiss Me Once and Kiss Me Twice and Kiss Me Once Again. It's been a long, long time. We invite you to listen to this podcast.